Welcome to Life with Zan. I'm your host and friend, Zan Farrow. This podcast was designed to celebrate how each of us breathe life into our own little corners of the world. Whether through work or play, it is my hope to honor the process and encourage others to do the same. Welcome to Life with Zan. Libby Rasmussen is the owner and founder of Living Colorfully Media Incorporated, a digital media and marketing firm based out of Washington, D.C. Originally from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, Libby has been living colorfully in the district for the past decade. In addition to content creation and marketing, Libby recently started a disco ball and vintage goods business in 2020. You can find Libby online at Libby Living Colorfully. And welcome to Life with Zan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Yes, I'm happy you're here. The universe, well, I should say the TikTok universe sent you my way um, via the For You page. And if people are listening and you're not on TikTok and you know what I'm talking about, well, you need to get on and at least follow Libby because I kind of started the beginning of my year exploring color and you popped up. And I was immediately impressed by how much you love color and how much you incorporate it into all areas of your life, whether it's fashion or kind of the way you decorate your home. So I'm curious, where does this love of color stem from? Yeah. So, I mean, my social media platforms are Libby Living Colorfully, so that that cues you in on um, how much it kind of impacts my life and it's you know, so ingrained into kind of my personal ethos. Um, I don't know. I've always loved color when I was younger. Um, I always loved bright designs um, and expressing myself through, you know, kind of maximalism and colors and prints and florals and things like that. It's just always something that I've been drawn to. And really, I mean, the 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 nickname, I guess you could say, really just kind of formed out of a joke that I had with my friends. But it really was kind of just this resistance to, at the time, what was, um, you know, minimal, like a lot of minimalism, cream, beige, um, which I think a lot of people think that I like hate that. I love, I think that like when it's when done well, those design aesthetics or, you know, even personal um, you know, outfitting or how someone expresses themselves. It's like a very beautiful way to do it. I'm just personally not good at doing it. And I don't feel myself when I don't have color on or around me, things like that. Um, so really it just meant kind of like seeing the vivid kind of, I don't know, colors and things around me and just trying to, you know, maximize our experiences through color and, and, you know, saturated experiences kind of I was gonna ask you if you identified as a maximalist so I'm glad (laughs) you brought that word up so what does that mean to you it means I have a lot of shit in my house no (laughs) (laughs) um it just means that I yeah I love I love color I love texture I love pattern I love more is more kind of thing um I like I when I step into someone's home and I just see kind of lots of things, photos, 
um, you know, collect collections of things. Like I, I've just always been drawn to that. I love, I kind of feel at home in that space. Um, you know, of a full antique mall, a crowded, like, you know, kind of seemingly cluttered home. I just, I love that. I love that in, in my, in my home. Um, but I also love it, you know, with, uh, expressing myself in clothing, as you mentioned before. Um, so whether that's like adding glitter to something or mixing unexpected florals, camo, um, you know, I'm, I, I don't do it as, as a lot of the other fashion girlies do as well on TikTok or Instagram. It's not something that's like, you know, I'm wearing an outfit every day that's, you know, just absolutely bonkers, but you know, it's, it's fun to do that once in a while and express myself through that. And I, I'm so excited to hear that you found me through TikTok too. Cause I, I really just started using the app, um, at the beginning of this year and was more of a consumer of the app rather than a contributor. Um, most of my work has been done on Instagram and I mean, I could not agree more. TikTok is just so much fun. It's such a great way to connect with people, you know, via your specific interests. Yes, it's really underrated. And actually, my friends and I kind of coined the phrase, because you know how when you're talking with people, you're always referencing something you saw on TikTok. So we decided to make it sound more intelligent. We're going to refer to it as TikTok University. <sighs> so anytime we're like, I learned it at TikTok University, you know, so it, just, yeah. it sounds, it sounds better. <laughs> but yeah, no, it really is a unique space. And um, what I was so most interested in with you is, so I have a, my background's interior design. And so I'm more comfortable in that world. But when it comes to fashion, and that kind of personal expression, I've, I've like struggled to like really, you know, step out there and try something different. There's this joke that like interior designers just wear black mm -hmm. and, um, I, and that there's no time and place for that, but I don't know. I've, I'm just am so intrigued by anybody that I see just like wearing bright colors and not afraid to mix print and everything. Do you just kind of like go for it? Do you draw inspiration from anywhere? How do you get dressed in the morning? Yeah. So. I mean, I also like, I wouldn't consider myself someone who is super fashion forward. I, I love seeing, you know, different trends and I love seeing people express themselves. Um, but I, it comes and goes like for me, like, honestly, some days I'm like, if I could wear this same J. Crew tish, tissue turtleneck every day and like this same pair of jeans every day, I would. Um, it really just like kind of, ebbs and flows. And I think that like when you put too much pressure on yourself to like put on like the fit, you know, like this is going to be the outfit, like just, you can't, you know, it's just not sustainable, at least for me, you know, I'm, I'm moving around, I'm running around to work. I'm seeing clients. I still live in Washington DC, which, you know, is, is a fun city, but like, it's not like some place that you see, um, you know, people expressing themselves through hair, you know, different hairstyles or, um, you know, maybe piercings or tattoos, like it's not, um, you know, as much of that as you would like a New York or LA or, you know, um, Philly, Chicago. Um, it's, you know, it's still DC. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a, um, a little bit of an inflexibility when it comes to really stepping out there. But um, yeah, I just kind of, you know, I think about the weather, <laughs> try to think about the weather and kind of go from there. And what I'm going to be doing that day, am I going to be seeing a client? Am I going to be at a shoot? Um, am I just doing something for me? Am I running around? Do I want to be comfortable? Um, 
of course I always want to be comfortable. That's key. So, you know, really just trying to like take into those factors and then again, having fun with it. Like, am I getting my nails done that day? Like, can I wear a more fun outfit to see some girlfriends? Um, but really working for myself and being self-employed, um, it makes it easy for me to be able to do that. But of course, you know, you will still, I still want to be professional in my buttoned up little city of, right. you know, Washington. So <laughs> I was wondering, are you like this bright spot in a sea of like Navy suits? Like what's happening? <laughs> no, I mean, the DC creative scene is like a really, really flourishing and beautiful one. I mean, I don't want to sound like, um, you know, I'm not describing this city as a monolith. I have so many um, amazing friends and, and people in this city who, who do incredible things um, and are artists and creatives and, and also express themselves through fashion and and decor and design but yeah I mean it you get a you you may get a little extra like what the hell is she wearing look versus like when Mm. I'm just walking around New York you know um you're just kind of one a dozen um up there but yeah it 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 leaves room for um conversation that's for sure yeah so how does this like translate over into your work now i'm definitely getting the maximalist feel even when it comes to your career because you do a few different things yes so can you kind of explain what you do yes i that is a good point (laughs) i do i never thought of it that way i really (laughs) i kind of max out on all the different things i'm kind of like a jack of all trades master of none like i love um you know dipping my hands into uh many different pots but also like obviously my job is incredibly um, important to me I have a social media and marketing business representing um, small businesses and national brands um, where you know I help them execute content and strategy and creative direct uh, photo shoots and things like that which is really exciting um, in addition to that I also create content for other brands uh, myself um, on my personal platform And then let's see, what else? I have a disco ball business that I started during the pandemic, which was really fun. I love decorating with disco balls in my home, always have, always will. Um, And I would get questions about where to purchase my, you know, the disco balls. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm going to, you know, work with someone and, and start, um, you know, doing this. And I, I was shipping them out. Um, I started this during the pandemic in like September, 2020, thinking that maybe like 40 people would buy them like friends, family, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if this was like when we were running out of toilet paper, right? Like this is like, (laughs) this is like, this was kind of peak, you know, 2020 COVID. Not a necessity. Um, Yeah. I was like, this isn't like a, this isn't a need, you know, this isn't like essential. Um, but I started selling them on my Etsy and it was just crazy. Like, you know, first it was like four orders a day, then it was 40 orders a day. Then it was, you know, it was just, it was crazy. And I was, I was shipping them out of my house, but I mean, again, I'm still running my own, my running my social media business, but also, you know, we had nothing to do. We were on lockdown. We were like in our homes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just like packaging these and sending them from Alabama to Alaska. And it was just really cool to see where these disco balls were going during such a dark time. Um, People sending each other notes saying how much they loved and missed them, seeing people send them to their grandmothers at the nursing home because, you know, they weren't allowed oh. to see people. Yeah, it was really, really, really beautiful. Um, and, you know, getting photos of people's, you know, people had COVID babies and they're like, I can't bring my COVID baby out, but they love their disco ball hanging 
you know, in their bedroom or, yeah. So it was really, it was really fun. And it's been really fun to kind of see that flourish. Now we have lounging disco balls at weddings, which is so exciting. People are able to do that again. So yeah, again, maximalism. Yes. We, we we wear many hats. Um, I also have a little vintage resale business. So many, um, many hands and many pots. Yes. That's, that's a lot of things, but let me tell you, I am similar. I like doing a lot of different things. I have a lot of interests and I have to kind of stop myself sometimes. There's a part of me that wants to like get into antiques, specifically furniture. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Zandy, you can't, you just, mm-hmm. you can't. And I'm like, well, maybe one day, you know, like it's just something I can think about because, you know, you can only spread yourself into so many directions, but I appreciate seeing other people doing multiple things because it it can be difficult um, to explain your job to people. I know that it's an experience I've had, so I'm sure you deal with some of the same thing, especially mm-hmm. older generations are like, wait, you don't have one job. Yeah. <laughs> what are all these, what are all these hobbies you have? What are all these things you're doing? And um, I think more and more people are interested in having multiple like hustles, if you will, whether they have like a main thing and a few things on the side or just like, you know, their hands in a lot of different things. It's, it's cool to explore and try new different things. So how did you go to school for marketing and media? Or is that just like a personal interest you had? Yeah. I mean, that's, ages ago, but um, I went to school here in Washington, D.C. at American University. I studied political science and lobbying, and um, yeah, it wasn't anything in this sphere. I didn't take okay. a single marketing <laughs> class. Yeah, so I worked I worked in legislative affairs at AARP and doing, um, you know, doing elder advocacy, and then also worked at a corporate law firm after school and and you know, it was nothing like what I'm doing right now. It was a very typical um, Washington, D.C. kind of story. But, um, you know, just realizing like what I, what truly kind of made me happy and also um, then kind of creating the job that I wanted. I mean, there were many kind of things in between there and very hard decisions, of course. Um, Not going to law school was a really like, kind of really changed and turned my um, world upside down. And that's, you know, but but that's it feels so far away now that it's like you know it's just making sure that you're um that you know you mentioned not being sure about you know trying something out or um giving something a shot or you know a side hustle nothing has to be forever and I think that once I kind of like realized that um it gave me so much more freedom to just try new things like we don't have to to, um, you don't have to do something forever. You can just do something for a couple of months, especially if it's, you know, something for, you know, for, for fun. Um, that's going to make you a little money if you want it to, um, you know, nothing, nothing has to be forever. You don't have to come up with a profound marketing plan or, um, right. You know, brand something out. You, you really just said it all right there. And I think, that has I've seen like so many people around me that are like, how can you just jump from thing to thing? Or they're sharing interest in wanting to start something and I'm like, just do it. But I think we do have they we have these roadblocks, right? That are like, no, I do need to have a, a whole marketing campaign. I do need to have a whole website and all these things figured out. In reality, like not you don't. You don't need those things. I mean it's nice to have right. and you can grow them over time. But like there that makes like that's so much in between you and getting started. 
and um it's just an ex it's kind of like an excuse it's like oh well I have to start a whole website and I have to do this and I have to mm -hmm. know because then you'd never get anything done so I appreciate that that reminder because I need that reminder all the time that like you just kind of got to start and then it'll it'll stick or it won't and it's okay if it doesn't that's the thing it's okay if it doesn't uh stick and you don't do it for forever but then you tried it exactly so that's that's what it's all about for me and um I so what how did you get to the point where you were working for yourself full-time was that kind of just like you saw that this was a job you wanted or a role yourself you saw yourself having yeah I I mean I just kind of did the math and realized also that at a previous position you know I could be making more by working for myself um but it's important and I will say it for anyone that's thinking about doing this I think that this common statement and especially on podcasts and amongst white women, myself in that category is like, just quit your job and do what you want. And I think that that can be really harmful and is incredibly like privileged to kind of say. So I really, I personally try to steer away from saying that because it, it doesn't um, account for like all of the many factors that go into, um, you know, running a business and having your own and kind of creating your own career. Um, it's important to look at um, the options and, you know, how are you going to have savings? How are you going to um, one day have maternity leave? Like no one, no one's going to give you that, you know, you, you have to give right. it yourself, um, making sure that you're contributing to retirement, things like that. Um, and, a, and being a good budgeter. That being said, like everyone, you know, it's, you're totally capable of doing it. And I recommend um, this book. Um, it's by Chutzpah Creative, and they have a really good kind of like how to get started, how to budget, how to figure out like if this is something that you can do, whether you should branch out full time um, and make it kind of your career and working for yourself. Um, you know, making sure that you're, you're, if you become a legal entity business, if you're incorporated, if you become an LLC, that kind of thing. Or if you're just a sole proprietor, making sure that you're knowing all that back end stuff in addition to saying, you know, this would make me really happy. And so making sure that I had all those tools and they're, you know, it's a work in progress, right? So it, it, it never stops. But yeah, I think just kind of realizing that, you know, it would be more profitable for, for my business and for me to kind of branch out on my own. But, you know, getting there and getting to those steps and figuring out how the plan is going to work, you know, takes a while. Yeah. Well, with that, I'm so curious and I think it'd be beneficial for if anyone's listening, they're like, oh, like I would love to do something like Libby and I um, think what she does is so interesting. Like mm -hmm. what does a day in like your work day look like? And because I think it's a lot more than people realize. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to say like on a day by day kind of given mm -hmm. um, stage. But, you know, today for example, like I, I, um, I woke up, I made sure to get in a walk for mental health and, you know, I can luckily, I mean, all, most of my work is done, you know, in the palm of my hand on my phone. So kind of going in, checking to make sure that my client's accounts look good, um, checking some emails, making sure that I'm not missing anything. And then, you know, I had a, a, a meeting with a client to, to kind of discuss, next steps right now it's let's see it's the first of the month so 
you know, I'll make sure that the calendars for my clients are all, uh, all the ducks are in the row for making sure that their content is going to go out and looks nice. Um, social media management, basically. Um, and then I got coffee with a girlfriend who I'd never actually met in person. We've only been friends on social media, but she does what I do. And I am such a, yeah, I'm such a firm believer in knowing, um, I, it feels weird to even call her this, but like knowing your competitors or like knowing people in your industry mm -hmm. when you work on your own, like to know them because like I, when I can't, you know, take on a new client, like I can hand it off to her. Or if I have a question about, you know, a, a billing system, like, can she maybe help me there? Like if you, you know, just all of these things. I mean, I, uh, you know, I don't have like multiple colleagues, you know, when you're, right. when you're self-employed or when, you know, I have a contractor or things like that, but I'm not, um, you know, getting advice from a, a director or mentor above me, or maybe, you know, ex expressing thoughts and opinions to maybe a team manager along with me. So making sure that I'm um, finding kind of mentors and, and people who are doing what I do at the same time and, and constantly talking to them, making sure that we're charging similar fees, you know, it's, it's um, really good to kind of band together and make sure that you know, like, Hey, these are my rates. And like, you should be charging more because, you know, it's important to keep, um, this, you know, this business profitable and making sure that we're kind of all aligned on that front. Um, and then, yeah, I'm sending off a proposal to another, a different potential client this afternoon. Um, and then that's kind of, you know, there's many other things that'll happen, but that's kind yes. of a day to day. Uh, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a lot of fun. There's opportunities to be creative, but then there's also like copy editing and, and proofreading and things like that. And it, I mean, that stuff's not fun, but it's got to be done. So there's, there's, you know, I could have a photo shoot one day and be working with a photographer and, um, you know, dire directing a shoot one day and then, um, implementing the images and campaigns and things like that the next. So lots of things. That is a lot of things. Do you ever feel overwhelmed or do you oh. just kind of feel like you're, you're vibing along with it? No, it's always, there's always a, there's always something like it's, I mean, it, it, with any job, like there's no, yes. um, you know, it's, there's always something, there's always kind of a new loophole, um, being kind of comfortable sometimes for me means that there's, you know, what, what, how can we be, kind of working a little bit more or challenge, you know, challenging myself to think a little bit more creatively. But um, yeah, I could definitely, like, I'm currently in the process of looking for an associate <laughs> because mm -hmm. it would be really nice to, um, you know, hire someone and have, have those creative juices flowing and then also take a break once in a while. Do you have to like set boundaries with yourself to tell yourself to like take a rest and everything at the end of the day? Like, how do you do that? I'm pretty good at that, to be honest. I'm not, um, I'm not a, like a true, um, workaholic. I really, I, I think I'm pretty good at setting boundaries, um, for myself and giving myself space. Like burnout is very real. And we, like, I've got, I've got like 40 years left of work in me. Like, you know, <laughs> I want to, I, I want to make sure that I'm honoring myself and keeping myself from getting, um, you know, too stressed. And that's mm -hmm. something that I can control, right? Like I, as you know, when you have your own business, you can be like, okay, how am I, how am I doing? Like you have to kind of self-assess, but no, I think like stepping away from it from time to time, getting, you know, getting your shit done, but also being like, nothing is going to, you know, there are serious issues in this world right now. And, you know, 
me not solving something um, tonight that can be done tomorrow, you know, is it'll work out. It's okay. Absolutely. So I'm trying to picture you in 2020, busy doing all these things and then thinking, oh, I'm going to throw a disco ball business in the middle of it. Like, what what made you want to do it? Just other people showing interest in disco balls? Or you were just like, why the heck not? Yeah, I mean, I've always had um, an entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, the the five-year plan or, you know, the goal in the future is to have um, a more kind of prolific uh, e-commerce site and kind of maybe eventually have some kind of showroom or shop within um, here in DC. So giving that kind of, this is kind of my test run to be like, okay, like okay. how do I, yeah, like how do I get things on Shopify? How do I, um, you know, eventually I started not shipping them out of my own living room. How do I find a, a shipping supplier? Um, shout out to Craig, my heart and soul in Massachusetts. Who, yeah. He's like this, he's got a thick Massachusetts accent and he calls me every day about my disco balls. You know, he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's shipping them out for me and helping me get them to Alaska and Hawaii and all the places in between. And wow. um, yeah, but like just, you know, figuring those things out and it really is um, flying the plane while, or building the plane while we're flying it. I don't know what this yeah, phrase is. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if the, that was just kind of like, okay, so how are we going to try this out and, and see? So um, yeah. And, well, so how are you feeling about it so far? Because I'm now I'm nosy. And yeah. In a, I want to know what, what else you have dreamed up for this potential shop. Um, I mean, I, I am a, I'm an, antique collector. I grew up antiquing with my, my parents. Um, obviously I loved seeing the resurgence of people, um, thrifting and antiquing and, um, you know, vintage resale and things like that. I, I have, a, I have a soft spot for vintage glassware and depression glass and, um, have a big collection of that. And that's what the main focus of my like vintage resale has been. So definitely some kind of, um, you know, store that focuses on that component and, and all of the things that are functional and beautiful from our past. I mean, these things, um, are so beautifully made and there are a few, um, there are a few glassware companies, press glassware companies left in the United States. One of them, my favorite being Mosser Glass. They are a family owned business that's been around for, I think either 50 or hundred years. I can't remember. I think it's 50. Um, and they're based out of, out in Cambridge, Ohio. And I sell some of their products and they're a lean and mean, you know, America, small American owned business. And I would love to have, you know, my shop filled with things like that. And then, you know, some newer and kind of cool and emerging brands as well. And just kind of all of my favorite things, um, in one place. And then also featuring local artists, local, um, makers, things like that. It would be really exciting. And then of course, disco balls. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, I'm excited for this. I can't, I want to see it all come together. I mean, you have the pieces already, like I, they're already floating around. You just like, but hearing you talk about it, it all kind of like turn into one thing would be um, really cool. So I'll have to keep watching and see it all come together. But it's, it's cool to um, have all these experiences. And I, you know, I'm new in the last few years to like antiques. Mm-hmm. I, I think I like appreciated like the ones like in my family, but I never yeah. really um, 
put much thought into it outside of that until I graduated college. And you just, especially um, with like a background in furniture, I, I've learned a lot about, you know, just quality of materials and, you know, they just don't make it like they used to. (laughs) And it's just, it's the truth. And with furniture, especially in the last two years, I've really encouraged, um, people to look at antiques because you could get a brand new all wood dresser today Mm -hmm. or you're going to wait 18 months so right it's um why not just go see what you know is down the street at your local antique store it could be something great and much more affordable and um it's the thrill of the hunt for me Mm -hmm. i i'm obsessed um my fiance has really gotten into estate sales in the last two years. Yeah. I think she goes to at least once a week. At least, oh, once, wow. at least one. And um, she'll just drive by and run in. Um, she's kind of gotten into coin collecting, which is a little nerdy. For me, but, <laughs> I love um, it. Everything, everything. Um, we, you know, we're, we're record, we have a record player. So records, that's a great yeah. way to get records. And I've always, um, I'm always admiring the furniture, not that I have any space, but um, what do you look for when you're shopping for antiques? Yeah, I love, I love that you mentioned, you know, quality and the, the, we're so, we're in such a time of instant gratification and get your, getting your Amazon order, literally like the day you order it and things like that. And I think that something that's really fun, especially with, you know, all of the, all these people, I have so many friends that you know, bought homes during the pandemic or, you know, moving different places and something can be really, there's something to be said about finding, like looking for something and wanting it and, um, and waiting for it to like kind of come to you and like finding it in, you know, in an antique store or finding it on Facebook marketplace or looking for it on, you know, Instagram. Um, and then, you know, that like becoming so much more gratifying and also thinking of items that are going to be heirlooms. Like I, I grew up, um, you know, I had all four of my grandparents growing up and grandparents are just like amazing. I cannot wait to be one someday, like (laughs) coolest, coolest role ever. Um, but my grandparents didn't, you know, they were, they were simple people and they didn't have particularly like beautiful or, you know, very expensive things, but they had things that meant a lot to them. And um, you know, my, my dad's parents had a, they were salt and pepper shaker collectors and they had hundreds of them and they were so sweet and they had, um, them from, you know, all over the place, wherever they travel. And it was such a cool thing to go to grandma and grandpa's house and see their collection. And, and my mom's side of the family, my grandparents on that side, you know, they had, they, they had depression glass and to them, that was like really beautiful. And I, it's initially what started you know, my love for those things, because I wanted to have, I want my grandkids to love the things that I have. And this is, you know, with clothing, this is with um, pieces of furniture. Um, There's nothing more special to me than having my childhood um, sideboard or buffet table from our dining room sitting in my kitchen right now, like this beautiful piece of furniture that my parents got when they first got married. And, you know, it's, it's, it, we're cleaning it out today. My, my boyfriend's in the other room right now, cleaning it out and organizing it. And it's just so special to me um, that that cabinet held, you know, our, my mom's favorite table, table linens and things for Thanksgiving in it. And now, you know, our, our stuff is in there. So, you know, finding things that you love and that will become 
like heirlooms and they don't have to be expensive, right? Like my grandparents' depression glass. I mean, that was, you could get that for pennies back in the day. Like that, that generation looks up and they're like, why would you want this? This is, you know, whatever. But (laughs) for me, I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. This, this, you know, pink plate was, you know, that there's, um, on a lot of this glassware, there's different patterns that are representative of different times where they were printed, you know, like printed and pressed and made. So maybe there was a shorter time frame and maybe a couple, only a couple of months in 1954 where that specific pattern was printed and its value is really, um, you know, it's really valuable. And also just like, oh my God, this piece of glass survived decades of moving of dishwashers if it went through it or hand washing maybe a thrift store like when I you know go thrifting or if I'm at an estate sale I'm like oh my gosh like how many beautiful meals were eaten off of this like what kind of glass you know what was who drank out of this like you know just having that um I'm not superstitious so like I love people's you know what I mean like I love being I love going (laughs) yeah I mean it's so cool to be like wow like this is you know this could be something that, you know, someone had a really special moment in. And I guess to answer your question, I, I could go on and on, but um, oh, when, when I, yeah, when I look for stuff, um, one of my favorite kind of traditions to do with friends who get married is I love giving them, um, I love finding them a set of champagne coupes for their wedding. Um, because I think it's something that our generation, I mean, our generation, like a lot of people don't even have a cake anymore. And that's like totally, yeah. you know, cool. Like I, I went to a wedding this past year, they didn't have a cake. They had like a Dom Perignon champagne tower. Sick. Like, right. Yeah. (laughs) But like, you know, like there's, I think there's a few things that maybe like are, you know, do people still get wedding silver or China? Like these are, you know, traditions that kind of have maybe died down and giving a friend, you know, or friends that are getting married, um, that set of champagne coupes is like that I found, you know, while vintage shopping is a really fun way to just say like, here's like a little heirloom that you guys can have you know, and drink out of every anniversary and, um, you know, celebrate this day. So just things like that. That's such a sweet gift. I love that idea. And it's so interesting. So I, I have, I'm engaged. And so I've been thinking about, um, registry stuff. Like my mom, um, has brought, so my family has, like, my mom has this family china that she wants me to have. And I'm like, yes, please, I'll take it. I don't need to get new, you know, mm-hmm. and like little things like that, things I just honestly never really thought much about. Um, slash, she's like trying to get, she's always trying to give me all of her stuff. She's like, please mm-hmm. take it, please take it. And I'm like, I only have so much space, <laughs> but um, it's interesting kind of like the tradition around like registry items and stuff like you were saying especially like when it comes to like plate patterns and and all that it's stuff I didn't really know much about until Mm -hmm. I was in this world and again it's the history and how um I didn't realize that people like when you picked up like a china pattern that you like people continued to buy you things in that pattern for the rest of your life mm-hmm. like that was a thing I had no idea that was a thing and I yeah. just I just learned and um is that something I necessarily want for myself no because honestly I love the mix and match look and different things um especially the things that are sentimental like that belong to my you know family but it's it's so interesting just kind of like how we used to do things but also I appreciate the um attention to detail and the sentimental value of it all 
and the the meaning behind it. Uh, it's it's so cool, and I I have the same feelings around uh, antiques. And you know, um, from a design perspective, when you when you go somewhere that has things that are older and have character, it just feels more homey. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, it's like thinking about like if I went to if I got a brand new house and I filled it all with stuff I got at a store today, it just like wouldn't feel very cozy and it, it would just feel kind of like cold and sad. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm always trying to encourage people. So I love um, when other people are just as passionate about antiques. Do you do a lot of thrifting with fashion? I I, okay, so I don't, so in the way that when I go into like thrift stores, when I go to like the home section or an antique store and I go to the home section and I see like the fashion girlies like on the clothing side, I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, so much respect. I can't believe you like siphon through all of those racks. It gives me like anxiety. And I'm sure they look at me being like, bless your heart. I can't believe you're like loading up your cart with like glass. Like that is like a nightmare (laughs) to me. So I really like, um, I will find like vintage pieces when I do, when I do, um, I, I wouldn't say I would, I don't thrift the clothing, but I, I will get occasional pieces from, um, like vintage resellers in the clothing sphere. So like I will, I have a really, um, I have a friend who has jungly vintage J U N J U jungly J U N. L-I, vintage. Um, I just got a bunch of really amazing pieces from her. Um, I love shopping from, there's a lot of really great places in Baltimore as well. Um, so I, I'll like shop from them. Like I'll be like, respect, you found this, you know, this awesome blazer. Um, there's a lot of really great like vintage resale clothing um, on Etsy that I like to go to. And then, yeah, I would say that's, I focus mostly there. I'll occasionally look at the racks, but to me, it's just a little overwhelming. Yes. Um, so I leave it for the professional, <laughs> for, those, <laughs> for those who do it best. Um, but I love, I mean, I love the ethos. There's, there's so much clothing waste. Um, mm. And I know that there's a lot of conversations that happen within those spaces um, about, you know, reselling and all that stuff. But there's so much to go around that, I mean, it, the more that people are, purchasing clothing secondhand, whether it's on, you know, from Poshmark to the real, real to like Depop or, you know, their local kind of like thrift store. I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. I think that especially with trend cycles moving so quickly with clothing that it's really important to like, you know, find fun staples through, you know, um, secondhand pieces. So Absolutely. Like I, and the more I like learn about it, it's, it's kind of overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Uh, But since you brought it up and I, I didn't think you did like a bunch of it. Cause I feel like I follow you on social media. I hadn't seen any of that. So, but I know you're, um, your youth shop thoughtfully when it comes to fashion and everything. So no, it's, um, and I enjoy learning from you and like different brands and stuff. So uh, it's, it's always just cool to see people, doing things differently so like your approach to fashion or your approach to shopping um interiors or um just work in general and so um I I've really enjoyed uh you sharing all of that and I um I wanted to ask you something since you shared a bit about living in DC and you 
seem a, like a foodie to me. Yes. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I get that vibe. So I was curious, and it doesn't have to be food specific, but if someone's traveling to DC, yes. are there certain places we should go eat or see or shop? Yes. So, I mean, I, I think most people have either been to Washington, DC when they were like in middle school and they did the, like the trip, you know, to see the monuments and things like that. If you're coming back, um, I recommend, you know, seeing a museum here and there. I love the Hirshhorn Museum. That's a, um, and the sculpture garden they have. Um, it's one of the best, I think, um, art museums in DC. Um, so that's, that's an, a, a, a go-to. Um, next to it is the Botanical Gardens. Um, and that is a great place to go see beautiful tropical plants. It's just right next to it. But as you mentioned, food, top priority. Um, I have a lot of clients that are really amazing restaurants. Um, one of my clients is called Compliments Only Subs. And they are just like the coolest people. And they have this amazing sub shop that's really fun. And they have this thing called the Crunchy Boy. They have a sub that's turkey, provolone, um, shredded lettuce, a like garlic, um, mayo and then chips and it's oh. like crunchy and delicious and it's just like I I could truly eat it every day and it's amazing so compliments only subs that's a, a go-to um and then let's see I I love for shopping I love salt and sundry that's a really great little shop to go to mom and pop antiques is a really great spot too that'll never change and we like it that way um my best friend has a flower shop called she loves me which is a beautiful place to just go look at flowers and shop around as well um and then let's see for dinner you must go to tip cow tip cow is a lao restaurant um in dc uh, the owners, Chef Sang and her son Bobby, are incredible people. And the crispy rice is amazing, the nyum cow, and the mikati soup is to die for. So you must go to Tip Cow um, for sure. And I would say get a glass of wine at St. Vincent. Um, they have a really beautiful back patio. That's really fun. And yeah, I I I love all of those spots. Um, those are some great if, wrecks. Yeah. And if anyone has um, ever any questions about where to go in DC, just shoot me a DM. And I have a big guide section on my Instagram too that you can check out. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay. I have one last question for you, Libby. Yes. It, so this season of the podcast is all about having women on who are either creatives or entrepreneurs. You happen to be both. And I asking everyone to share a bit about the last two years and how it has reshaped how they work and create and kind of just live their lives all together. So how has the last two years kind of impacted how you do what you do? Um, I love that question. <clears throat> I would say because um, we've been so physically disconnected from one another, um, these past two years, and I personally, I, I'm an extrovert. I love energy from meeting new people and getting to know people, and it's been um, tough to not see people in person. But you know, thank God for social media and being able to connect there. But I would say the past two years have reminded me that um, you know we've all experienced kind of this collective sadness and suffering, but also. Um, how tremendous and impactful like the human spirit is and how we really do want to 
connect at the end of the day and just remembering that um how special and important our you know community is and and listening to each other and also um you know being genuinely excited to meet new people and that everyone has um something important like truly to say and and you know that we have impacts on each other i think i think it's before the pandemic you know it's really easy to just kind of dismiss people that didn't really fall into like your interests or wheelhouse or maybe something that could directly um help you but now seeing and knowing that we've all been in the same boat in some way or another um really has changed me and been like wow like we are all so small and even like at the end of the day at our core of you know where and how we feel um and how we felt the past few years so just kind of like remembering that and and taking that into you know new relationships and um and current ones that i've had so I don't know, just Absolutely. like people, like people. I don't, it just, just remembering people that we're, you know, that people, we want to, we want to do better and we want to have, um, it sounds very woo woo when I, when no, I listen to I, myself, I but <laughs> yeah, but just, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, we just, we have, I don't know, anytime someone these days, like kind of just like irritates me or like whatever, I'm like, you know, a few months ago we were all like, or, you know, a couple this past, these past few years, we were all like crying in our pajamas, like for any, you know, whether it was, you know, whether it was losing work, whether it was losing a family member, whether it was losing like your, your sense of self, like a lot of people have, I feel like kind of lost their sense, their sparkle. Um, you know, knowing that, that we were all in that same boat and still continue to kind of be just like, is really, um, beautiful and nice to kind of like think about and remember. So it's, yeah, it's, it's been a huge lesson for me. Um, and I think all of us. Absolutely. And I, I love your perspective on like community and connection instead of, um, kind of the division. I think we all kind of see in media or kind of, um, just feel sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, um, I appreciate, I really, I really love that perspective. I've, I've so enjoyed having you on the podcast, Libby. Thank can you, you tell everyone where they can keep up with you on social media? Yeah. Everyone just shoot me a message and say, Hey, um, I'm Libby Rasmussen at Libby living colorfully and all things kind of DC and colorful. And yeah, if you, if you ever want to chat, I'm here. Thanks, Libby. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Life with Zan. If you like what you hear, go ahead and rate and review the podcast to give Life with Zan a little boost. We will be back each week from March through May. I'll see you next Thursday.